0: Another day.
1: Oh, uh, that Brother. is true. Faithless Looting did not get banned this morning. All right. Hello. And I, welcome I woke to-
2: up to a text of Josh saying, It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Look. And I was like, Yes.
0: And I literally said, Squaw.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. So this is our 11th episode of the Eternal Implications podcast. Welcome. Uh, the podcast that will faithlessly ban the DCI before the end of this episode. I'm Travis, your host. Tonight I'm joined by Josh, my co-host. How are you?
0: I am doing well because I haven't had to complete the One Chip Challenge yet.
1: Nice. We'll talk a little bit about that in a, uh, a little bit later. I'm also joined by the long-lost Freddie, the man, the myth, in the flesh. Freddie, how have your last few weeks been going?
2: Uh, last few weeks have been really busy for me. Uh, I've been doing some grad classes, working on my admin license, and kind of taking a little break from magic stuff to focus on that. So, but I am glad to be back.
1: We're glad you're back too. All right. So, uh, okay. Oh, before
2: before you continue, Travis, I was thinking, like, maybe we could change the name of the podcast, the Eternal Looting Podcast, because I mean, it's never going to get banned.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: Modern brainstorm. yeah you're not wrong it's
2: anyways we could we can talk more about that later it was just a thought
1: (laughs) squad you guys okay in fact (laughs) we're we're gonna do it right now so as you guys know we're gonna be doing our reaction to today's banned and restricted announcement uh we're gonna read a little bit of the actual article we're gonna talk about where we think the format's going and who we think benefits the most from the band today so starting off today. Uh,
2: I think everybody benefits from the ban today, except for the degenerates playing that deck.
1: Thank you for that helpful insight, Freddie. I'm glad you're back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, uh, yeah, let's take a look at this article. We have from Ian Duke on behalf of the DCI, an article stating why bridge from below was banned. And that takes effect July 12th. So, probably before your next Saturday tournament. Uh, We predicted uh, on last week's podcast that probably more than one piece was going to be banned, and so Twitter kind of had a lot to say about Faithless Looting surviving. But the article goes into quite a bit of detail about which cards they considered, and Faithless Looting was not one of them. Uh, They specifically mentioned Hogak, Alter, and Bridge, and they decided Bridge because that... It's like narrowly tailoring their ban to hit just one deck, essentially. And uh, yeah, there you go.
2: Well, I think they also didn't want to ban cards that they literally just printed like a month ago. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, you're probably right, but I just, I just hope that's. I not feel the like thing.
2: there's, I feel like there's like an edge of that. Like they could have hit something else, but it's like, hey, this one's been around a while, and. I don't think they would ever come out and say that, but that seems like an element of it to me.
0: They've they've banned new cards before.
2: Uh, I know, but I don't think they like to. No, I don't like, either. There's an alternative. It's like, hey, we can hit bridge from below instead of these other cards that we
1: just printed, like Yeah.
0: I was I was very aggressive about the about the ban.
1: You wanted three pieces of the deck ban,
0: right? I did, yeah.
2: Um, Ooh! What were the three?
0: On reflection, I have changed my mind about one of them. Uh, but okay. H- Hogak Bridge and looting, and looting is the one I've changed my mind on. Um, if really? we're looking at yeah, uh, ever uh,
2: ever since he started casting Arc Light Phoenixes, no,
0: no, you like if you <laughs> listen to last if you listen last week's episode, I am I was still in favor of banning it. Like I already had. really what I was going to do with the deck. Yeah, uh, wow. but um, I think their announcement and, you know, kind of how they went into it. Um, They
1: mentioned um, how they...
0: Let me read a little bit of it, actually.
1: Go ahead and do that, yeah. So there's some very interesting data that he brings up. uh, That is Ian Duke. It says, in the case of the Hogak Bridgevine deck, its initial overall win rate on Magic Online was over 60%. Despite the metagame's best efforts to adapt, the deck's win rate remains higher than is healthy for long-term metagame diversity. In recent weeks, Hogak Bridgevine—I love that name—has been the most played modern deck of Magic Online and earned over three times as many Five O League trophies as the deck with the next most. It has only two unfavorable—it has only two unfavorable matchups among the other ten most played decks, and a high win rate against lesser played rogue, de- rogue decks. This is where it gets really crazy, especially telling is it's game one rate of roughly 66%, requiring wow. most decks to sideboard heavily against it. And my first thought is, they also mainboarded hate against it. Yeah. Okay, so go ahead. What were you going to say?
0: Yeah, I... Uh, like... I think they, they gave us some really good information with the ban list update, and I think this has been more... Uh, more important information than we've ever gotten with any ban. Um, and that is they like uh, normal dredge. Um, they mentioned it, it's the kind of thing they don't mind seeing. And they consider it a more fair graveyard deck. Um, I think by acknowledging that and allowing the meta game to settle around, here's our baseline for our graveyard hey. decks. It allows the meta to adjust and actually settle in a way that is beneficial in the long term. Because a lot of people looked at these decks of all oh, this is a flash in the pan i have to adjust for it this week and they, nobody was really able to settle it decks like blue white decks like jund they tend to thrive in a settled metagame and that's why they were doing well during hogak uh is because everybody knew what they were playing um and i think by settling in and not going oh well faithless living is probably just going to get banned in three months i think it actually allows the meta to uh, to slow down and dig its heels in a little bit um, and if playing Faithless Looting um, and it existing in the format is what that takes, then I think that's actually fine. Um, we did see a lot of fair decks come back during Hogak because they were tuned in a way that was able to beat it. But if the meta is, is set in a way, fair decks can still be tuned now. Um, it's just against decks that don't have a 66% game one win rate, more
2: or less. Did they give any information as to what the uh, second second most winning deck was no they didn't serious. okay
1: i have we my theories can, yeah we can assume it's blue white just because yeah. that's what statistics have borne out at gps and larger okay. events like the scg opens so that makes sense then
0: yeah blue white has a very high win rate um and it's it is it is one of the decks that do very very well in a settled field you don't want to play uh control in an open weird meta like it's just not the case you don't know what tools you need Uh, But being able to go in knowing exactly what people are going to be playing and being able to be tuned and set up for that is huge. Um, Like I wouldn't take four cryptics to a Grand Prix normally, but the guy who won did. Um, So. Yeah, it it lets you make the right call, which is, uh, I think, a good thing. Now we're not all wondering when Faithless Looting is going to get banned. The answer is probably never. Uh, Yeah, literally never. Yeah. So now we're settled in. Now we know. Now we know what we're working with, and I I actually think this is a very good day for Modern. Uh, I know people are upset about Faithless Looting, but the information we were given and knowing what we're working with now, we don't have to look forward to what ifs or look at things like they're, they're temporary. Uh, and I think that's actually something really nice to be working with.
2: Yeah, I know for like with having that being said with the uh, Faithless Looting, um, that was kind of this underlying thing that i keep going back on being a blue red phoenix player and i'm like uh do i really want to hold on to this deck like do i really want to like you know invest in making sure it's up to date all the time and like just with that kind of outlying is this going to even be a thing in three months so for me that is kind of settling to be able to settle around it and say okay like i can i can keep this and update it and not worry about like, oh, by the way, this is going to be
1: banned next month. That's really nice. Uh, Josh, I feel like I already heard your take on this, but Freddie, do you think the DCI through Ian Duke got this right? Was it it the right thing to ban Bridge?
2: I think so. I think it was, you know, considering some of the things that we talked about with like new cards, and I think they want to have viable graveyard strategies but i don't think they want it to break the format and so i think that bridge from below is definitely a reasonable ban on that and like it doesn't impact a large piece of the meta whereas if you ban faithless looting like that impacts multiple decks if you ban uh try to think what else they would have banned but for example like i know we've talked about ancient strings before if they were to ban that that hits multiple decks like it's just I think you want to do the least amount of damage to the entire format while still preserving the integrity of it.
1: Yeah, that's nice. Would you have done anything differently? Are there any changes? Because you weren't able to be on the podcast last week. Are there any changes you would have made other than what the DCR did?
2: You know, my, uh, my thing with the banless is actually I was kind of on my own because I haven't been really doing a lot of magic stuff in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but I did know the BNR was coming up and I was a little bit like I really just think they hit bridge from below and that's what they did so I kind of felt like good in thinking that was a reasonable ban and so did they so I'm I'm not upset in any way and I think that it was probably the right decision
1: Would
0: you have unbanned anything this time around?
2: Uh, I would have unbanned Rampaging Ferocidon and Standard Yes Free my Great. boy for, for three a, months or two um, yeah, months. Dude, yeah, dude. I would have absolutely unbanned it for two months.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> I agree. It's probably pretty good against Teferi.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think uh
0: I think not having that card unbanned after the rest of Robin Red uh rotated was a mistake. Uh, but this isn't a standard podcast. I know. <laughs>
2: but you asked me if I would have done anything different.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Justin, next...
0: Justin talked about standard
1: quite a bit on here for two weeks. So. <laughs>
2: I, I like talking about Standard a little bit
1: once in a while. <laughs> so, anyway. The next thing that really popped to me as I read through this list was the data that they have. Like, being able to narrow down uh, win percentage against the field. like, And it, even talking about game one win percent against the field versus game two and three percent against the field. Isn't that crazy? How yeah, How uh, awesome is that? And then... We only get to hear about this data post-ban announcements. What the heck?
0: Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that. I understand why they do it, and it's to keep the format from getting too solved, uh, like, too quickly. Um, like, it's it's funny to me, though, when things like this happen, and people are, uh, people are like, oh, well, this deck's really good here, this deck's really good here, and Wizards comes in and pushes up their glasses and goes, actually... <laughs> and just shits Uh, all over everything they're saying i love Um, it yeah it's it's like it's so funny to watch like well actually like this deck has a really good matchup no it
2: doesn't yeah (laughs) it's like shut up (laughs) for me it's always nice when you can shut down the reddit hive mind a little bit and just be like listen guys just calm down you know i know you love your decks like i get it i'm the same way i love my blue red deck i love my burn deck like those are my decks and obviously I want them to be viable for the longest amount of time. But like when you start getting in the argument of like, well, you know, this anecdotal evidence of this is a bad matchup. Cause I lost three times. Well, maybe you just don't know how to play the matchup. Like just get
1: better. There's all sorts of factors when yeah. one person is playing versus a thousand people are playing. Right. And especially um, when
2: you have like the top tier of players playing those decks and it's like, yeah, uh, you know, if you put my deck in the hands of LSV, he is going to pilot it exponentially better than I ever will. So you know, that's a factor, definitely.
1: Wish they just published this kind of data.
0: Uh I do. Yeah. I like once again, I I am a control player at heart. Like I'm taking a break right now, which is funny. Uh Blue White has had one of its biggest booms and I stopped playing it for a little bit. Um but uh yeah, um, I do like it helps you tune like mid range and control decks, which is which is something I do like to see flourish. Um, like it's been awesome to see Jund again. Like I we've joked around like make green black great again. Like our our, our good friend Tristan Hockett is just obsessed with Green Black X. And like he's one of those people that fixated on oh Assassin's Trophy, you know, it's gonna be great, it's gonna be great. Green Black's just gonna be, you know, tier one again, and it's just like it didn't really make a dent. Uh, but like, it turns out the meta becoming so degenerate is what it takes to make green black great again. Um, but maybe it's just data and knowing, and knowing what we have, I think real numbers, um, and being able to work around those is so, so beneficial, uh, for deck building and adjusting to formats and metagame as a whole. Um, though you do run the risk of it becoming more or less inbred and more or less solved. That. It just depends on what your cup of tea is. I think if Wizards is trying to delay uh, the format being solved which they've talked about before then mm-hmm. I think not publishing this data works very well for that. Um, I know they sent cease and desist orders to people who were I think it was Goldfish that was like farming all the data. Um, oh, okay. Like, to me though, like, that's okay for them to send a cease and desist or that. Obviously it's okay. It's their intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Uh, but i don't know how i feel about third parties mining information like that in general uh, but if wizards wanted to publish it it's definitely not something i'd be adverse to in fact i'd love it
2: yeah i don't think i would be adverse to it i see both sides of it like i definitely think there's you know a benefit for a player like myself to have access to that data um and not have to invest the you know hundreds of thousands of hours that people that are doing this for a living are investing into like figuring this data out and making those calls. But I also think that there's a skill set in that and me being able to just pull it up and like, be like, okay, well this is, you know, I guess that's kind of like the old argument against quote unquote, ironically net decking, but um, you know, filthy net deckers are ruining the format. But uh, when we look at that data and stuff, just being readily available, I see the, I see the argument for not releasing it, but I don't know. Whatever.
1: Yeah, uh, I started recording all my data when I was uh, basically grinding Infect. And like being able to see your win percentage against a certain deck, uh, even game one, two, and three, uh, is very interesting. It confirms a lot of your suspicions, and it also teaches you, like, oh, man, I lost you know, these five uh, matches at a significant higher, significantly higher rate than these five, I should adjust my board in such a way to battle this concept. And, like, it's, it's yeah. super handy for deck building, but I think it does solve the format like you were talking about, and that's why they withhold the info, which is yeah. kind of sad and, uh, yeah. Yeah. As, it's, it's, as it's a, a system spike, system I just wish it was out there.
0: Yeah, me too. And I, I've been doing the data recording standard, like I've brewed, you know, that Jessica Superfriends deck, like started with a base and I've just been adjusting it over time. And I've done that by recording everything. And I'm, I've got, uh, I've got like an 87% win rate at the the shop. I really, really want a standard GP to come up before this deck rotates that I could go to, but that's not the case.
2: <laughs> I think, uh, I think too, with, a format like standard that is constantly changing—it's less impactful if they publish that data, yeah. As opposed to that? as opposed to an internal format like modern or legacy oh. or vintage, like I think that those, I think that that data could be more harmful to the format than good in the long run. But once again, well, then, I don't really know. I'm not a mathematician.
1: Well, think about the Mythic Championship coming up in Barcelona. If everyone knew that, like Blue White had a fifty-seven percent. Win rate against the field and everything else was like 54 or below. How many pros do you think are going to show up with anything other than blue white? Like, so I think it does. God, that's going to be fun to watch. Degenerative. Let's
0: not, let's, let's, let's not joke, uh, Freddy. You and I absolutely loved watching the blue white matches from the last uh, modern one.
2: Yeah, that's true. Like, (laughs) I just.
0: It inspired you to build the deck.
2: (laughs) I mean, so with that being said, like, it wasn't watching blue white against blue white every match. It was like, you know, variations. Like I do actually I do need to finish the deck. Like I'm really close. I need to just throw it together and maybe next week we can take a look at it and get it playable. But yeah. I need to start uh I need to start like working on learning how to play control and not be a complete scrub at it. <laughs> and speaking you. of,
1: let's talk about which decks we think are going to benefit the most from Bridgevine disappearing. Uh, I want to kind of hear your guys' top three decks that you think are going to be like format defining in the next three months
0: yeah, uh, I think that's easy uh humans blue white phoenix yeah yeah i i I think I think modern will look the top three decks will look the same as they've basically looked um I think I think uh where it gets interesting is decks four ten um but I think the top three decks are going to remain mostly where they were. Um, we'll obviously see an uptick in Tron again. But I think Humans is still going to uh, still be very dominant. I think Blue-White's still going to be very, very good. Um, and I think Blue-Red Phoenix is going to continue to... Uh, squaw!
2: Squaw! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so the three decks you mentioned, like Humans, Blue-White, and Phoenix, my first reaction was, well, Tron is like, going to be back in the meta now. And Tron is pretty good against this. So I gotta uh, think Tron is somewhere up there.
0: I, I do too. I think it's like fourth. Um I feel Blue white the way it's been configured the last six or probably probably six months is configured pretty well to beat Tron, especially with Force of Negation now. Uh my testing uh before, you know, we knew Hogak was going to be out and just ruining everybody's day. I was just <laughs> testing with force of negation <laughs> in the deck. And uh, yeah, my Tron win percentage went like way up. Um So I think uh, I think blue white, the way it's configured now, beats up on Tron pretty well. I know humans has uh, quite a hard time against it a lot of the times, though. Um, I would assume Phoenix is favorite against Tron, right? I don't know that matchup.
2: Uh, I don't know, like the big picture data of it. Like it feels like a decent matchup, though. It feels like it can go either like I don't know. The deck's weird because I feel like you have those really explosive games. Then you have like the longer grindier games. If you can get there on an explosive game. duh, it's, it's a yeah, do it over. Like, but life, yeah, it's the long grindy games when you kind of dirtle. Like those, you just get picked apart. It feels like.
0: Yeah, that's why I've enjoyed Mono Red Phoenix. Uh, is decks like Tron? It's just like, oh, you wanted to do something. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, for sure. I feel it.
2: I imagine that's probably like the burn matchup where it feels really bad when you lose it.
0: Yeah, except your uh, turn faster than burn. So it's pretty crazy.
1: You guys think there's room for like a Mardu or Esper death shadow deck in uh, a post ban meta?
0: Absolutely. Uh, I think, and that's why I said I think decks four through 10 is where it gets that's very interesting. Four through
1: 10. Okay.
0: Yeah. I don't think it'll be in the top three, um, but absolutely. Uh, these new shadow decks are really cool, and they fall into the category of decks that do well with information. Um, shadow, who's notoriously played a lot of uh, narrow, isn't the right isn't the right word because that shadows always played very good cards um but specific cards uh, and i think being able to tune of do i want kaya's guile um do i want faithless looting in my mardu one um you know where where are we at with it um and i also think mardu pyromancer uh on the subject of mardu uh that deck was already picking up traction uh and not having to worry as much about graveyard hate because it did get some splash damage from that not being able to fully utilize its lingering souls, not being able to use its new tool of smiting healing. Um, I think it was getting hit pretty hard by that as well, but it was still putting up numbers. And uh, I just want to see Yawgmoth continue to like pop up. That card's so cool. So I, I, a lot of my hopes for the format rest in decks like that doing well, I feel.
1: All right. What do you think, Freddy? Are you on the humans, blue, white, phoenix plan?
2: Uh, I think humans definitely. Um, Phoenix, yes. I don't know. I don't know what the blue white matchup was like. If that for a uh, hogak, that's what we're talking about, right? Is like the banning of bridge. Well, we're, As we're a saying,
1: bridges banned. What are the top three decks you think are going to be format defining for the next three? Months? Oh yeah,
2: I think those three then definitely are top three. Uh, and then when you get into you know your your lower six after those top three lower six seven. Um, you know I would love to see a deck like Mardu make a resurgence, or um, you know the Death Shadow is always fun to see. It's kind of aggravating to play against at times, but <laughs> um, you know with with that being said, with if Phoenix is really good again, then Death Shadow pops up because it deals really well with Phoenix. It gets there. So I don't know. I guess we could just kind of have to see what happens, but yeah.
0: And if death shadow is good, that means control is great um, because the control decks are very good against the shadow decks. The um, exile For sure. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine if we would have gotten swords in modern
1: horizons? Oh my gosh. Um, they tried to on the nice, but it's not the same. No, it's not.
0: But yeah, I like, I think those are the three. What about you, Travis? What do you think it's going to look like?
1: Yeah, so there's a couple of people who are on the Urza plan, like Grixis or Jeskai. Urza is going to be the new big thing. And from my experience, I've only played Infect against it, but it doesn't seem great. In fact, I haven't no. lost to it yet. It just because it's yeah. so slow and it doesn't have a lot of interaction. But when it finally does go off, it goes off really hard. So yeah,
0: it reminds me a lot of uh, the uh, the War Prison decks, of course. Um, I mean, obviously it's got, you know, Urza now, but like those decks never even felt that great to me. Like they, they spiked a few tournaments and they did well here and there. And I think, uh, in a specific metagame, in a specific field, they can do well. But what happens when Jeskai shows up and burns you out? Like it's the same problem Lantern had, but you're a less dedicated prison deck. Um, like What's you ha- the, uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, it's like, you have to get your stuff online. It can go infinite with, right?
2: Infinite with what?
0: Thopter Foundry and Sword of the Meek, of course. Yeah, you just immediately have to get that online, or you're going to lose to something that has a lot of reach. Um, and I or a deck like Infect that's just going to laugh at you. It's like, oh, you didn't get your bridge, and you know, empty your hand, and you can still kill them with Hierarch pumps at that point. Like I've seen that happen. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, it's like nice bridge, you idiot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to ask when you when you said that it's slow. Like what? Because I'm not really familiar with the deck. Like, how slow are we talking? Like,
1: uh, it, it's three point five. So they need a Mox to make it turn three. But okay, but the hinge point is Versus is just four mana, and they have to cast a four mana spell to go off. So, yeah, gotcha. So this
0: four mana creature that they have to resolve, um, and has to live. Like, they they can't really go off in response to you killing it. I it's like crack my fetch fatal push it or you know just counter it um yeah and like force of negation's insane against that deck too if they cast their uh if they cast one of their pieces you just exile it and it's like okay you don't have that anymore uh obviously you can't force the urza but yeah i it just feels like it could be backbreaking to play that deck against anything that has a good answer suite uh which This format looks like it's going to have a good answer suite. I don't think Jund is bad. Like, and Six was a great addition, and so was Season Pyromancer. Like, I don't think Jund is bad now, and I don't think that deck really wants to play against Jund. It's just like, here's my Assassin's Trophies, here's my Abrupt Decays, here's my Surgicals, here's my Scavenging Oozes. Um, It feels like it could really punish them. Like, just that one-for-one doesn't seem like what they want to be doing. Um, So I... I know a lot of people are super high on the Urza deck, and I think it's because it's weird or interesting. I don't think it's the second coming of KCI or anything like that. Um, I think it is a cool addition to the format, though.
1: I did, I don't, so I'm just saying that because I want people to know we're aware of it, and I don't think it's as good as people are. Uh, well, at least the people I listen to on Twitter are. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> so my top three would be uh, Phoenix. Probably number one. But I think blue-white is going to be played more. But I think Phoenix will have a higher win percentage. Uh, Followed by blue-white. And then I think the third one is going to be Dredge. Uh, I think traditional Dredge comes back, and it'll be just as good as it ever was. Maybe even better, because a lot of people are going to think they don't have to play Yixilla Jailer or Surgicals or Ley Lines as heavily as they were. So I I envision Dredge coming back and being a force.
0: I think, uh, I think we'll continue to see Graveyard Hate, just not in the numbers of 7 or 8. Um, I don't think Blue-White's going to drop its main deck Surgical or anything like that. I think uh, they will.
1: You think so? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, man, I was watching people stream today, and they still had it in.
1: So. They just forgot. <laughs>
0: they just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you the deck I keep seeing people playing against, too, is the Skelementals deck.
1: Yes. Let's, okay, we're talking about the
0: top... Three decks, dude. That might be in the top ten.
1: <laughs> like it Get looks out of here. gross. Get out of here. Out of here. You, you,
0: you, oh yeah, Travis. Travis just upset. He got murdered by it.
1: I got murked really hard. It's yeah, you so did. <laughs> I have turns, it on
0: turns,
1: too.
0: Did he turn to unearth it against you, or did he just do that against Jones? No, oh, it was like turn twenty. I was. Stuck oh yeah, on- that's yeah. when he TBR'd you. Yeah. I was stuck on. Yeah, Francisco. Well, uh, uh, yeah, you were playing Esper uh, Mentor, right? I was on Esper Mentor that night. Yeah, that deck's a trap. Uh, but. Uh, Three and you know? one. Did you? Yeah, he was my only loss. Oh, okay. I won. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that. Oh, man. I, I watched Francisco go li- uh, Lightning Skeletal Teamer Battle Rage while Travis got stuck on lands for literally like seven turns. It was. <laughs> It was gut wrenching to watch, but I also watched uh, Francisco Faithless looting, put Skelemental in the yard, and then turn to unearth it against Jonesy when Jonesy was on uh, Jeskai Sahili. It was, yeah, it was sweet. <laughs> he did not do nearly as well this week, though.
1: Okay. Yeah, I am <laughs> gonna change the topic and move on because I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> Okay, Uh, so I think that actually covers the topics that we wanted to cover. The last thing we want to let you guys know about is uh, if you would like to support us in a financial way, we have started a Patreon, which is, like, the go-to, and it's such a cool site and offers so many unique things. Uh, So if you guys want to do that, you can find the link in the show notes. Uh, I'm pretty stoked about it. Like, we have some pretty cool goals I want to tell you about. So number one, if we can reach goal number one, that's 50 bucks a month. We're all going to get together and stream a league. Uh, And the deck of choice right now is Boggles. I think that would be fun. But that league will go very fast, and we'll probably play a bunch of decks. Uh, we get to 100, we'll all play a team event and vlog the whole thing, and we'll post it just for the patrons. I'll do all the editing, because I really like doing video editing. Then if we reach 200, we're all going to swap decks and then report our findings. So Gilbert will pilot Infect, Freddy will pilot Boggles, and I'll pilot Burn, which will be pretty ridiculous. Uh, And then 300, 400, and 500, we all have a detrimental thing, like something terrible is going to happen to us. Freddy's Uh, at 300. uh, (laughs) His is, he's going to wear a cowboy hat for an entire GP weekend. But I think we need to adjust this to be, like, a Woody outfit. Yeah, because he owns a
0: cowboy hat. Yeah,
1: right? he, he sent me... Yeah, like, I ironically own a cowboy hat, but,
2: like, I never wear it.
1: And you, like, <laughs> I a picture of it, and you actually look like it fits. Like, it fits you really well. So we need to change that. Listen,
2: I can't it. help it that I'm a beautiful freaking man, Travis.
1: <laughs> when I saw it, yeah, I was I th- a little upset and jealous.
0: <laughs> I, I i think he should dress up as woody from toy story
2: you guys want me to go like full clamabama
1: <laughs> yes i want you to wear a make america great again hat with, oh like, no big like you want me
2: to wear a maga hat to a
1: freaking gp <laughs> <laughs> all killed
2: i might get like dq'd and banned from the dci oh,
1: <laughs> so no. much talk on twitter that that's like a hate symbol or whatever
2: Yeah, I'm going to, like, end up with all these people, like, hating us and the podcast gets shut down.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, let's
0: not do that. I like the idea of dressing.
1: Okay, probably that one. If we get to 400, Gilbert will do the one chip challenge, which if Uh, you don't know, it's a ghost pepper flavored chip. It's got, like, the actual pepper, which is, like, I don't know, very, very hot. And he'll do that on the podcast. It's
0: 150,000 Scovels.
1: Yeah, where the points don't matter. So, uh, Gilbert has a bowel. What is what is it called?
0: I, again? I, it, it's probably just ulcerative colitis. Probably. Okay.
2: But basically, <laughs>
1: but, uh, his life will be on the line. You, you cut out there, Travis. I was going to say, his life will be on the line. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. I, so, if you actually want to kill Josh on the podcast, give us money, and good things will happen for you.
0: Yeah, I will Wait, probably. No, that's not it. <laughs>
2: Bad no, but they're good for the listeners that want to kill Josh. Oh. Like,
0: yeah, blood will come out of me. Uh, I promise. Like that much I can guarantee. Um, but yeah, it'll help pay for my hospital bill since we live in America. Um, <laughs> <so> <laughs> Is that worth it? yeah, it'll be good. Uh so yeah, let's get there so I can uh I can have the sweet release of death.
2: Are you gonna do the uh premium snaps so people can see the blood come <laughs> out?
0: Or? No, <laughs> no premium snaps. We'll sell my bathwater after I bleed, though. Oh my okay. god! Like I'm not gonna be able to stand up in the shower. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, um, let's move it's on. I was
2: like, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Our last tier
1: is uh, if you if we get to $500 a month in giving, I'll give away a thousand dollar a modern deck that's equivalent to a thousand bucks. And I don't know if I want to do this at like a random casual tournament or just give it away to a patron. But I'll... I think
2: I'd probably give it away to the patrons better.
1: Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Uh, yeah. So five hundred bucks a month, I'll give away a thousand dollar modern deck, which will be pretty cool. Yeah, and then I mean, if you give us one dollar, we'll send you a signed Felidar cub. If you give us three bucks. We're going to do a monthly giveaway in the $15 to $25 range, and you'll be entered into that. Uh, that'll be starting in August. And then $10 a month. We limited how many people can actually do this, but if you give us 10 bucks a month for a minimum of three months, we'll have you on the podcast as a guest.
0: Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll edit your
1: audio and everything. I'll make it sound nice and pretty. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. I think that's going to close it for the podcast this week. Do You guys have any final thoughts or things you want to add?
0: Uh, no i, uh, I i'm I'm afraid that we are going to hit goals now. Uh, but uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm going to donate four hundred dollars a month starting tonight.
0: Oh no! <laughs>
1: I, I can't <laughs> do that.
2: <laughs> How many months do we have to do it until Josh dies on stream? Just one just one yeah this yeah. is a
1: one-time deal so once we reach it he just has okay to once. yeah i'm not having ongoing
0: eating ghost peppers it's not happening
1: that would be terrible and i can't yep. give away a thousand dollars every month yeah no <laughs> that's fair okay uh let's close this out freddie where can people find you on the internet
2: uh, you can find my premium snaps. Uh, oh no! Uh, <laughs> what, so, what is anyways, wrong with you guys?
1: Why are you like this? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, but
2: <laughs> in all seriousness, you can find me Classic Alfredo eighty six on Instagram and Twitch. Gilbert, where can people find you?
0: You can find me at Ours Is The Fury on Instagram and Twitter, uh, and you can add my premium Snapchat at Targaryen with three Ns. I'm What's not going to send you premium that that snaps. Cool.
1: <laughs> uh, don't don't find me on the internet. I don't want to be a part of this anymore.
2: <laughs> like I could do a premium snap, but it would just be like pictures of my dogs and stuff. It would be yeah. super lame. It'll be good.
0: I will send you my bathwater for $30 a pop, though. I promise.
1: <laughs> on that final note, we will say good evening.
2: Thank you for listening, guys.
1: <laughs> good night, guys. Good night. night. Bye, my bathwater.